0: Listening to another episode of Lords of Limited with your hosts Ben Warney and Ethan Sachs.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Lords of Limited. My name is Ben Warney, and
0: joining me on the line is Ethan Sachs. Ethan, how are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm doing well, Ben. I know I've made this joke in the past, but I actually do feel a bit sick with this format, with scurvy. <laughs>
1: uh. Yeah, this uh, format's
0: I- not doing. <laughs> not doing it for me either. (laughs) We are both slumping pretty hard. Slumping hard. I feel like we should rename the podcast for this week to like plebs of limited or (laughs) chumps of limited. Pet peasants of limited. Yeah. (laughs) Um, How how are you doing? Yeah, it's been rough. I've done uh, 21
1: drafts. I've got five total trophies, 39 and 23 overall record for a
0: 63% win rate. So a little below average from what I'm what I'm used to. How about you? If you think that's bad, get a load of this listener's I have one more trophy than Ben, thirteen more drafts, and a sixty percent win rate. So I'm at fifty nine and thirty nine. Two of those are competitives though, so like, you know, it was like a one. It's kind of one. Is like and double double the pleb cues. Double the pleb cues. Yeah, but it's like, you know, I don't have a chance to redeem myself if I lose the first match. So they that one of them is just, just a loss and anyway, but I'm terrible. I just like listeners just turn off the podcast now <laughs> come back when vintage cube is out or something that we're better at i don't know yeah it's tough man i'm 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 slumping hard i've been a i mean you know magic is a game of variance but uh this feels like maybe i'm doing something wrong
1: well i think this format is higher variance than usual as well like mm-hmm. i i've literally like my my five trophies have not been my five best decks any of my best decks i don't think Um, which is unusual like normally when you draft a really good deck like i would expect at least half of those to trophy like i don't think my five best decks are in in these trophies wow you just think that's because it's just so swingy or what yeah i think the existence of one with the wind and mark of the vampire really make the format pretty high variance feels like if your opponent plays those cards and you don't have an answer on the spot you're gonna lose i mean that's a little bit hyperbolic but i don't think that hyperbolic
0: yeah I don't know. Well, hopefully this week and this episode will pull me out of my current magic funk. Um, I also haven't gotten to play that much this week, which has bummed me out a little bit. But maybe it's for the best considering how I'm doing. (laughs) Well, you've got got many more weeks of this format to grind it out. Oh, thank goodness. I was worried. But we have something really exciting we want to start the show off with today that will hopefully... Even if you aren't winning when you do these things, will bring some uh, more fun to the format. We finally have our achievement list. Yes, let's get to it. Okay, so this we have a list of 18 separate achievements to unlock, sort of like Xbox style, um, that we'll talk about some incentives at the end, but these are all sort of like fun, cool interactions that are uh, maybe not directly in line with winning or making the best deck, but are certainly going to be fun screenshots to get. So the first one we're looking at here, we're calling Bite Marks, and that is going to be to reveal five Legion Conquistadors off of a casting of Legion Conquistadors. So that means you have to have at least six in your deck. You play and one. And <laughs> not have drawn any. <laughs> exactly. Play one and dig up all five. Now, I will say I recently played a deck that had four of these, consistently cast one and revealed three. Ooh, nice was it good it was really good i'm much higher on this card now actually
1: yeah it's a little depressing on turn
0: three when your opponent casts it and reveals like two or more yeah it's like wait you're not but you're a black white player you're not supposed to be able to draw cards and like a three mana tutu is surprisingly relevant in this format yes i think that was what we overlooked with this card in the set review Mm-hmm. how how has this card not gotten a fun nickname yet i don't know how is it not like squadron bite hawk like what is the whatever someone come up with a nickname well, what's the next achievement next achievement we're calling a dino babies make three dinosaurs from a
1: single raptor hatchling that's the one in a red dinosaur with the enrage trigger of uh make a 3-3 dinosaur token with trample so you're gonna have to suit him up with some sort of equipment or
0: aura and then figure out a way to get damage on him that just seems impossible. But here's the thing I think you could do, is, like, if you suited it up, and then you could sack the dinosaur tokens with makeshift munitions to target the raptor hatchling. So that that, And then just, like, infinite loop that thing. Yeah. Just keep sacking dinosaurs, making dinosaurs. Anyway, alright, next one on the list. Fountain of Youth. Infinite loop your opponent with Sanguine Sacrament. That's the X-White-White white spell that uh, gains you life and then puts it on the bottom of your library. So you never deck yourself, so... Have that be the final card in your library. Oh my god, that happened to me
1: already. Uh, I saw Diz- that happen. Dizzy L, another streamer, yeah. <laughs> I was playing him, and the deck was sweet. He had that, he had uh, Search for Azkanta, the blue enchantment, he had Primal Wellspring to like, copy his his or Sorcerers. It was like a sweet control deck, and yeah. I did not realize what was happening to me until too late, and he already <laughs> closed the jaws of the combo. Yeah uh next up we've got give me your loot which is steal a permanent with admiral beckett brass admiral beckett brass is the one blue black red pirate lord and if you damage your opponent
0: with three or more pirates then you get to take a permanent from them next up we have sir mixalot liking some (laughs) big 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 butts cannot lie we want you to increase the attack power of your board by 20 with belligerent brontodon in play so that in play, and then that's the uh, five green white four six that has all your creatures deal damage equal to their toughness instead of their power. So you need a bunch of those one sevens in play, or some O oh fours or O oh threes, and you'll get the job done.
1: Yeah. Next up, we've got deck pillage. This one's near and dear to my heart. Mill your opponent out with Navigator's Ruin or Fleet Swaller without accidentally killing them along <laughs> the way.
0: That seems like the hard, hardest one to me.
1: Navigator's Ruin is two and a blue for the enchantment with a raid trigger of your opponent mills four. And then Fleet Swallower is the five blue blue for the six six that when it attacks, I think. Yeah, it's it a damage. Right? I think it's when it attacks.
0: They mill half their library. Yeah. Um, next up, we've got Gishath and Company. Reveal three dinosaurs off of Gishath. So that's the uh, mythic rare five red, green, white for the seven six trample vigilance haste and when it uh, deals damage to your opponent you reveal that many cards from the top of your library and put that many dinosaurs reveal any number of dinosaurs uh revealed that way and put them into play um so you grab three dinos off gashath next
1: up we've got equal opportunity employer which is cast grim captain's call and return a pirate vampire dinosaur and merfolk off of one grim captain's call to your
0: hand so one of each of the main tribes in ixalan Uh, Next up, we have Pirate Mutiny. Sacrifice an opponent's creature to your makeshift munitions. Makeshift munitions is the one in a red enchantment. Pay one to sack an artifact or a creature to deal one damage to something. Yeah, so you're going to want to cast a hijack or use Captivating Crew to steal your opponent's stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Next, So Crazy It Just Might Work. Cast Blood Crazed Paladin as a 7-7. That's the one in a black vampire with flash and comes into play with a plus one plus one counter on it for
0: each creature that died that turn. Uh, next up we have buried treasure you're going to want to win a game via revel enriches alternate win con revel enriches is the four and a black enchantment uh, whenever a creature your opponent control controls dies you make a treasure token and then at the beginning of your upkeep if you have 10 or more treasures win the game baby that flavor text that flavor text gets you every time <laughs> <laughs>
1: next up we've got the swarm intelligence memorial awards a shout out to dr katz copy you gotta cast primal amulet get four counters on it flip it into primal wellspring and then copy an instant or sorcery that you cast off of mana from your primal wellspring so primal amulet is the artifact that costs four mana and when you cast an inter- instant or sorcery spell, it gets a counter on it, and then it flips into a land, which is Primal Wellspring, that when you use mana from Primal Wellspring, you can copy instants or sorceries.
0: You do that all from memory? I think so. Look at that guy. Look at you go. All right, next up we have End is Near. Put your opponent to one by swapping life with Access of Mortality. Access of Mortality is the four white, white enchantment that says <laughs> at the beginning of your upkeep, you can swap life totals of two target players. So get yourself to one, don't die, and then swap your life with your opponent. I'm so embarrassed that I didn't give that card an F. <laughs> yeah, we we do some things we regret in life, Then It's okay. <laughs> and next up, we've got Ultimate Jace, Jace,
1: Jace, 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 <laughs> uh, which is have four copies of Jace Cunning Castaway
0: on the battlefield at the same time. Ugh, I don't even have one copy of Jace Cunning <laughs> Castaway on the battlefield. No, that card is not good. Uh, next up, we have Cockroaches Will Survive. Uh, Have a creature you control survive Star of Extinction. Star of Extinction is five red red for a sorcery, destroy target land, and Star of Extinction deals 20 damage to each creature and planeswalker. So get that, get yourself an X-21 creature, baby. Uh, Next up, we've got too much of a good
1: thing, which is mill your opponent out with overflowing Insight. Everybody loves drawing cards, but you can't draw too many. Uh, so four overflowing insight is the four blue, blue, blue for the mythic rare that says target player draws
0: seven cards. Uh, next up, we have thunder and lightning make Tishana voice of thunder a 10, 10. So Tishana voice of thunder, uh, when it enters the battlefield, Oh God, I'd actually, I don't know this card. <laughs> it's, I don't know this card from memory. Can you take this for me? Yeah,
1: I got it. I got it. It's five blue green for a star star. And when it enters the battlefield, you draw cards equal to the number of creatures you control. You have no maximum hand size and
0: oh it's power power and toughness toughness is equal to the
1: cards in your hand yeah i know that one because i just played with that in my last draft deck nice uh what's the last one last one is when dinos fly kill your opponent with a flying ancient brontodon ancient brontodon is the six green green for the nine
0: nine vanilla brontodon all right so these are some pretty sweet sometimes pretty funky achievements to unlock we got any incentives for our listeners for doing these We do, yeah. Uh, If you complete five of these 18 here, you're going to get
1: entered into a giveaway for four draft sets of Ixalan, so at whatever, we, we haven't really set an end date yet. I mean, somewhere near the end of the format, I assume.
0: As they start to roll in, I think we'll get a better idea of...
1: When we should, yeah, yeah, close the entries off. But so uh, any, anyone that does will get entered into a giveaway for four draft sets. We'll pick four names out of everybody that's accomplished five of them, and you will get yourself
0: a draft set of Xylon. And then we've got another one that I'm actually really excited about. What, what's that one? Okay, so we've got 18 achievements on this list. For every one that as a total listener base is accomplished, we will do a combined Lords of Limited stream for that amount of hours. So potential for up to an eighteen hour Ethan and Ben Twitch stream. So if we get less than that, then we'll if we get twelve, we'll do twelve. But uh, have the, the opportunity to get eighteen hours of your two favorite Lords of Limited drafting away. Yeah, dude, that sounds awesome. I would I'm I'm actually psyched to get these crossed offs so we can stream together. Exactly. Uh so the way best way to do this is you want to tweet at lords of limited and use the hashtag xln treasure hunt so we're going to try and make this sort of a thing maybe that the mtg community can latch onto on twitter um if you're not on twitter you can certainly just email us the screenshots at lords of limited at gmail.com but pretty excited to hopefully get this to be something that the magic community at large might want to participate in so again that's hashtag xln treasure hunt and you want to tweet at us at lord yeah that's exciting news too we now have a a twitter account that's new yeah so we'll uh mostly be just using that to post our when our episodes go live but we'll also be active on twitter as well just under our own uh lord tupperware and mr metronome so you can certainly still get in touch with us there for sure you want to move on to the round table world championships edition now we're just back to like normal good magic playing and drafting how boring Alright, so as many of you know, I'm sure, the World Championship was this weekend. Spoiler alert, congratulations William Huey Jensen on on an incredible win. Um, But we're going to rewind back to day one, the first draft viewer, uh, Martin Yuza, who came into World Championship as the draft master, and uh, you're going to sit down and and take a look at, at what he got, Ben. You Ready? I am ready. Okay, so pack one, pick one. Sorry, I should say, before we get into this, that we're not going to name every card in the pack, just because certainly with this set especially, but there's just not a lot of cards that really make the cut in terms of what you're looking at. So we're really just going to look at the things that we think were uh, important to look at, slash uh, the cards that Martin Yusa pulled to the front when he was doing the draft. So, pack one, pick one. We're looking at Paladin of the Bloodstained. That's a three and a white for the 3-2 Vampire that, when it enters the battlefield, makes a 1-1 uh, one one vampire token with life link, uh, Sky March Bloodletter. That's two in a black for the two two f- vampire with flying. When it enters the battlefield, you drain your opponent for one. And Lightning Strike, which is one in a red for an instant, deal three damage to target creature or player. Do you know? I still have not played with Lightning Strike in this format. You got to get on that. The card's very good. I know. I I just haven't had the
1: opportunity to pick it yet. I don't know. If I, I, highly, ever I highly recommend it the card, draft. then. Yeah. So Paladin the Bloodstain and Sky March Bloodletter. I think both of those I would be pretty unhappy if i had to first pick they seem like a little a little less they're not even really like piled on the bloodstain i don't think cracks are top three white commons and you've got sky march bloodletters number Your three black common mm-hmm. um so i think
0: this pack is uh, a pretty clear lightning strike yeah and not much to talk about here so in Pick two. You've got a pack with Ruthless Knave, Ruth 2.0. That's a uh, two and a black for a 3-2 Orc Pirate. It has a couple activated abilities. One is uh, two and a black, sacrifice a creature, create two treasure tokens. And you can sacrifice three treasure tokens to draw a card. Uh, Mark of the Vampire, the Scourge of this format. Oh that's three Lord. and a black for an Enchant Creature Aura. Enchanted Creature gets plus two, plus two, and Lifelink. Uh, Marauding Looter, that's the gold uncommon, 2 blue-red for the 4-3 pirate. Maybe it's a human pirate. Uh, it has a raid trigger. Uh, if you attack to the creature this turn, you may loot at the end of your turn. Thundering Spineback, uh, my fave. We were just talking about this before uh, before the podcast. Yeah. I, li- I was like, I like this card, and you were like, I do too. It's not good in the format, though. It makes <laughs> me sad. Um, this is uh, 5 green-green for the 5-5 dinosaur gives other dinosaurs plus one plus one and has uh, five and a green to make a three three dino token with trample and fire cannon blast is one red red for the sorcery deal three damage to target creature or raid deal six damage to target creature
1: i think there are a couple cards that that jump out to me right away in the pack and those are marauding looter and fire cannon blast i think the The individually most powerful card in the pack is probably Marauding Looter, the gold card, Mm -hmm. but I think Fire Cannon Blast would get the nod over that just as leaving you one color, leaving you only red, and that leaves you a lot more flexibility to go into red, black, red, blue, red, white, or red, green, all four of which I think are very fine decks find places to be in the format and keep you from committing to a tribe early so he can try to read which of those those tribes is open to pair best with his two red removal spells so i I think i would settle on fire cannon blast here how about you
0: yeah i it's certainly with lightning strike pick one fire cannon blast seems like a great follow-up if this were pack one pick one i might uh i really do like thundering spine back and i (laughs) would you really I, i really do like i i think that I don't know, the green ramp decks are some of my favorite decks to draft in this format. and But maybe this is a key clue to why I'm doing poorly in the format, <laughs> is that I like this card, I don't know. But I I think there are so few mana sinks in this format, and flooding is such a, a problem at times in certain matchups. Like Obviously there are the aggro starts of one drop into one with the wind, or swashbuckling or whatever, where you just get run over by turn 5. But sometimes you have board stalls, and you just like... it. You're just so relying on if you top deck better than your opponent. And in those situations, I really value having a card-like Thundering Spine back in my deck. I
1: I do as well. I just don't know that I would want to be taking a peck one,
0: pick one. Fire Cannon Blast is just like raw, good power level removal i i'm sh- i would probably still just like take fire cannon blast but thundering spineback i think is uh it's calling it's you know, calling to your heart it's calling to my heart it's just like does everything i want to do since since i since the set review i was just in love with this card but yeah i just need to walk it back <laughs> that, anyway so funny. uh martin usa has uh, uh, agrees with you ben and he also picked fire cannon blast um so moving into pick three uh we've got a pack with one with the wind one in a blue for the enchantment aura Enchanted Creature gets plus two, plus two, and Flying, the other Scourge of the Format. Uh, Skullduggery, one black mana for an instant. Target Creature you control gets plus one, plus one until end of turn, and Target Creature you don't control gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. Uh, Stormfleet Spy, two and a blue for a 2-2 two, two human pirate. Uh, it has Raid when it enters the battlefield. If you attack with the creature this turn, you draw a card. Pirate's Cutlass, that's the three mana equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus one. It has an equip cost of two, and when it enters the battlefield, you equip it. It's not a may. You do equip it to uh, a pirate you control. Vanquish the Weak, the Lords of Limited pegged best common in the set. Are you still on this? I'm still on that, yeah. All right. Two and a black for an instant destroy target creature with power three or less. And Drover of the Mighty, one and a green uh, for a one-one. I think it might be a human druid, Uh, and it can tap to add one mana of any color to your mana pool, and if you control a dinosaur, it gets plus two, plus two. Yeah, this pack's a lot
1: more interesting. I think there's three cards that immediately jump out to me that would be in consideration, which are Pirate's Cutlass, Vanquish the Weak, and Drover the Mighty, uh, and I think they each each offer different upside. I think the upside of Pirate's Cutlass is that it essentially keeps you monocolored because it's a colorless card, um, and two of, two of the directions red can go, Pirate's Cutlass is very good, uh, if you end up in red-black or red-blue Pirates, uh, Pirate's Cutlass really excels in that deck. If you end up in red-white, it's probably still fine. And if you end up red-green Dinosaurs, probably not a card you would really want, but offers a lot of flexibility in keeping you monocolored. Vanquish the Week as a premium removal spell to go along with your other two removal spells uh, sets you up very nicely into like a red-black aggro deck. I think that really takes advantage of the cheap removal uh, he would have so far should he mm-hmm. choose Vanquish the Week. And then Drover the Mighty, I think, is just the most individually powerful card in the pack really excels in a red green dinosaurs deck and just a red green deck in general you don't even have to have dinosaurs just to drop into four drop on the play is just kind of back breaking in the format there's not another effect like that in the format to ramp you starting on turn two uh, it would be it would be close for me i think i would end up settling on drover the mighty just as the most individually powerful card there but i would not fault i think
0: i think i would go drover then cutlass then vanquish the week really how about how about you I would take Drover of the Mighty here and be sad about passing Thundering Spine back. Um, <laughs> would, Hashtag be, no regrets. I would be in exclamation mark why me mode. But yeah, I'm. I'm interested. That's very interesting to me that you would take Cutlass over Vanquish the week. For me, it's not. I, I'm, and I think this might be a clue as to, to why I suck at this format. But uh, yeah, Vegas the week just seems certainly better to me. And can't you get a Cutlass later, or are those just going? earlier and earlier now i think they're going earlier and earlier especially as
1: a result of bennis's article on channel fireball where he said he would take one pack one pick one over Over
0: That can't be right
1: i don't i don't think so either but i do think it's a lot more of a premium and i do think the fact that it keeps you mono colored pick three leaves a lot of flexibility like this it's really hard to splash in this format Mm -hmm. so like pirate's Scoutless is probably like I don't know a seven out of 10 or something and Vanquish of the week is like an eight out of ten, but Pirates of the Cutlass is much more likely to make your deck than Vanquish of the week like it, it leaves you it leaves you more flexible for the rest of the draft.
0: That's true yeah. The, did you see like LSV uh, he and ben S. had a little back and forth on Twitter about that He was like are you still that high on it after he, the article came out?
1: I saw a part of it but I haven't seen I didn't see what Ben replied.
0: Ben replied he was like, my goal in this format is to not have my deck be a train wreck. And a colorless card makes that possible, Uh, which I thought was really interesting because I have felt like this is really hard. We've talked about this before, but that like this format is very hard. If you do sort of navigate like your first few picks and then realize that those don't go in what the open tribe or open color pair for your deck is for your seat is, then you might be short on playables because after pick nine, you're not getting good cards. You might, although (laughs) last night I was watching Sparrow's Rum Stream, Mm -hmm.
1: and pack one, he was blue-green merfolk, and he'd he'd gotten past some good late Vampires cards, Mm -hmm. and like, last couple picks of the pack, he got some black cards, like he got an anointed deacon and something else, and he moved into Vampires pack two, and ended up with a black-white Vampires, like a two-pack black-white Vampires
0: deck. That's how open it was. (laughs) So, sir, that's possible, but I (laughs) think... That's the exception rather than the... Yeah, more often than not, you're not like... There's just too many bad commons in this set, which is... Rare in past uh, limited sets that have come out that, like, you don't often have that. But they're they're just, like, a lot of clunkers. Like, not even cards that you're like, well, this is, like, maybe side more material. It's like, you've got, like, demystify floating around. Like, these are just rough cards to have as your ninth, 10th, 11th picks out of a pack. Yeah. All right. So, Martin Yusa agrees. Drover of the Mighty... Three. Pick four. We've got Dire Fleet Interloper. That's uh three and a black for the two two human pirate with uh Menace and Explore. Uh Sure Strike, one and a red for the instant target creature gets plus three plus oh and first strike until end of turn. And Dire Fleet Captain, that's the uncommon gold card, black red for a two two orc pirate. And when it attacks it gets plus one plus one for each other attacking creature you control.
1: Yeah, I think there's two choices here. I think Sure Strike and Dire Fleet Captain. I think you can rule out dire fleet interloper um just as
0: a worse black card than dire fleet captain if you're going to move into black Mm -hmm. though dire fleet captain sorry and i didn't misspeak it's whenever for each attacking pirate not each attacking creature so it is a a pirate synergy card um but dire fleet captain is not that great i don't know what your experience has been but i'm not crazy about this card
1: uh no but i think two drops are a premium and it's a fine two drop but I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's much better than like Tolanali's Night, if even at all.
0: No, I think not. It Would be my
1: similar to that.
0: Yeah, for sure. But I agree that it's better than the Interloper.
1: Yes. So I. I think I would actually be on Sure Strike here. I've I've wow. liked that card. Yeah. A lot, uh, and I think Drover of the Mighty is good enough that I don't want to give up on it just yet, and I don't want to put myself into black red for a card like dire fleet captain i think i would want a removal spell or like i would want to see contract killing or vanquish the week to put me into black um mm-hmm. so I, I think i would be on sure strike here
0: yeah if you had taken vanquish you would just take dire fleet captain right yes absolutely yeah no that I, that all makes a, a lot of sense to me i i like not i like that that's phrase you used of i don't want to give up on drover yet because it is such a strong card I mean, you're, you're only
1: playing one of those two cards, right? Like, you're you're never playing both of those cards in the same deck.
0: For sure. You're not putting Drover and Dire Fleet Captain into the same deck, so it seems like... And Drover is better than Dire Fleet Captain, so I'd like to like that to make my deck, and I think red-green is one of the strong... Like, a good red-green deck is, I think, pretty strong in this format, so it would be nice if that could happen in this draft uh so i like taking sure strike there i hadn't actually considered that until you said that but i think that sounds good uh martin usa he went for the black red card not sure if he thought it was a maybe a signal or he likes that deck or he likes that card or or what his reasoning there was but he now has lightning strike fire cannon blast rover of the mighty and dire fleet captain in his pile moving on to pick five uh, we've got sure strike number two We've got Rootbound Crag, that's the red-green, uh, rare land that, uh, enters the battlefield tapped unless you control a forest or mountain and it taps for red or green. Uh, one with the wind again, uh, Deadeye Tormentor, two in a black for the two-two human pirate, has raid when it enters the battlefield if you attacked target opponent discards a card. And Jade Guardian, three in a green for a two-two merfolk with hexproof when it enters the battlefield you put a plus one plus one counter on a merfolk you control. I would be, so
1: are we, are we operating under the assumption that we have a Dire Fleet Captain or not? Let's let's go on the assumption that we have a Sure Strike. Okay, um, under the assumption that we've got Sure Strike, and then we've got Lightning Strike, Fire Cannon Blast, Drover, and Sure Strike, uh, there would be a couple cards that would interest me. Uh, Jade Guardian seems fine, but I don't think Red Green's really where you want Jade Guardian, because you can't no. suit it up with Mark of the Vampire or One with the Wind, which is that card's primary function. Um, so essentially you're just paying four mana for three through hexproof which is fine but not great rootbound crag would make your mana a lot better if you ended up in exactly green red but i probably wouldn't want to take it this early one with the wind i think is great uh and better than dead eye tormentor and i think that's what i would settle on if i had uh the three red cards and a drover of the mighty and i would be looking to maybe potentially abandon drover and move into red blue tempo aggro
0: yeah that seems right to me and i just One with the wind is maybe a <laughs> taking it third where it was with the drover was maybe a little too soon but even then i was like but one with the wind is here and that card wins games yeah it wins games and and allows you one with the wind allows you to not feel bad about having the garbage commons in your deck
1: yep like if you have if you have the one mana menace red drop like you're just thrilled if you've
0: got three one with the winds in your deck exactly you're just like well i guess i'll play this who, who is, Has anyone suited up a shorekeeper yet? Made a 2-5 flyer on turn two? <laughs> I've not done that, but I, w-
1: <laughs> I would have in the last red-blue deck that I trophied with. I was just looking for any creature. yeah. <laughs> like, and I only ended up with 12 of them. And I ended up scraping out a three zero somehow, but I was desperate for creatures. Um, so I'm sure someone will before the end of the format if they've not already. Yeah. And I, I'm wondering why they tacked a D on this card. I wish it was just one with a win. Because that card wins games.
0: Like, you're oh. very in tune with winning. <laughs> it should just be one W-O-N also yeah yeah uh so i i think I, i'm in agreement with you on one with the wind here but martin usa did not take sure strike he had a dire fleet captain in his pile already so that dead eye tormentor looking pretty good and if i'm him i feel kind of good about seeing that uh next after taking the dire fleet captain now i'm thinking i could have a pretty nice i've got a four out of my five cards fit in a nice uh red black aggro shell and the sixth pick, I just think, is, is pretty interesting. So he's got a, uh, looking at a pack with Water Trap Weaver, which is two and a blue for the two-two merfolk when it enters the battlefield. You tap a creature your opponent controls and it doesn't untap next turn. Uh, Mark of the Vampire, that's, again, Scourge of the Format. Hijack, one red-red for the sorcery. Gain control of target creature, uh, untap it, and it gains haste until end of turn. Or you gain control of it until end of turn. Untap it, it gains haste. And uh, New Horizons, which is the two and a green for the enchant land or uh when it enters the battlefield you put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control and it can tap for two colors of any mana yeah i've been liking new horizons a lot I have as well. Yeah, I think that card's really nice. That that's my dream, man. Drover the mighty, new horizons, thundering spine back, quick one two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so I think if I were Martin Husa here and I had a dire fleet captain and a Dead
1: eye tormentor, I would be slamming Mark of the Vampire. Yeah. I think that card's great. And with our draft, I would be thrilled, like if we took on sure strike into one with the wind, I would be thrilled to see Water Trap Weaver here, and
0: I'd be snabbing Water Trap Weaver and planning on moving into like a blue red tempo aggro deck yeah for sure i agree with wanting wander trap weaver if i had one with the wind and i agree with mark of the vampire if i had dead eye tormentor martin Yuza grabs hijack here yeah that was very surprising to me very surprising i mean so he the announcers were saying uh on twitch that he going into this draft red white aggro was his favorite deck in the format so i wonder if he was just like really trying to Planted, so he's seeing no white cards out of any of these packs. No, like none no at white all. cards, and so maybe he's just trying to like make his stake his claim for red, so that he can get hooked up in pack two, which he didn't really. I mean, his deck at the end of this draft was not great. Which I don't think is a controversial thing to say. It just like didn't quite come together in any any way. But interesting that he just sort of was like, I'm going going balls to the walls with my hijack here.
1: Well, and maybe maybe he it looked like he was audibly into red black a little bit. Maybe he was hoping to like get the get the sacrifice deck, some sack outlets to go with his hijack. Maybe but And why he why thought don't... maybe that was more powerful than Mark of the Vampire.
0: Yeah, maybe. Or maybe he thought he could get it later. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. But I still think I would be
0: trying to wheel hijack in that scenario.
1: For sure. For
0: sure, yeah. All right. Uh, Really interesting stuff there from the World Championship. Really cool to see. It's cool that we're going to get to see pros draft the format at the championship and then get to see them drafted again at the Pro Tour for Ixalan in a couple weeks.
1: Yeah, and see how much it changed. And if you if this is interesting to you, like what we just did, there's on the Wizards website, they have the MTG draft viewer for both days of the World Championship where they have table. Actually, I think you might be able to look at all three tables. I didn't go that deep. But you can like. At a draft, one of the eight-person drafts, for sure, maybe all three of them, you can click a person and follow their whole draft. So you can go through every seat of the World Championship and see what you would pick versus the pros. And I did a lot of that yesterday during our band contest because we were on a three-hour rain delay. (laughs) So I had a lot of time to kill. All
0: right. So what we want to take care of for the rest of the episode is to sort of give a rundown of what we think each of the ten color pairs for the format are trying to do and and look like and i think some of this is coming from experience of playing with playing against watching other streams a sort of like combination of all of those things is what is informing our uh, opinions here but we wanted to like give an outline of what these decks look like and what uh sort of headliner cards for those decks are
1: yeah well let's fire it off with the first one which we've got down as some pirate decks here what are some of the common qualities that all these pirate decks
0: have together? Okay, so in the pirate decks, we're looking at blue-red, blue-black, and red-black. They all have super strong removal options, some of the best in the format in uh, red and black. So we're not going to be talking about those cards so much, like the Vanquish the Week, the Contract Killings, Lightning Strikes, Fire Cannon Blasts. Those obviously are just auto-includes in these decks. All these decks get value from Pirate's Cutlass, which I'm sort of not sure, like, maybe I want to up my number. I was listening to our, our last episode, like, maybe you want... Just like as many Pirate Cutlasses as you can get your hands on in these decks. Like, I think I want two. I two. That's my ideal number. Yeah.
1: But I think it would be hard to get two at this
0: point from what I've seen lately in my drafts. Yeah. All these decks... Would love a fell flagship. That's the uh, card's uh, so good, so good in pirate decks. That's the three mana. Um, what is the it's called? It's a vehicle, it's a vehicle, yes. Ship ship is a vehicle, so it's a vehicle. Uh, it's a three mana vehicle that uh, gives all your pirates plus one plus oh and has a crew cost of three. When it hits your opponent, they discard a card, uh, but really, you're just playing it mostly because of the plus one plus oh effect and the black benefit of getting march of the drowned which is the one black uh sorcery that can return two pirate cards from your graveyard to your hand which is super that card's strong. so
1: good and it makes it it gives black blue and black red pirates decks like the ability to play like even aggressive based black red and black blue decks it gives them late game staying power too like, yeah, and it gives them the ability to just keep the pressure on that card. Just overperforms every time I cast it,
0: and every time my opponents cast it. Yeah, so so strong. So with those cards in mind, we'll look at uh, blue red first, which I sort of have pegged as a, a tempo aggro deck. And I think the value in this deck comes from card selection and tempo based plays. So uh, your card selection is coming from Marauding Looter, which is the the blue red uncommon that we talked about earlier. Uh, Shipwreck Looter, which is uh, sort of feels like a uh, bread and butter of this deck and sort of being able to get that like i'm gonna loot away my land so this is the one in a blue two one that has raid when it enters the battlefield you can uh draw a card and discard a card um i think headstrong brute is a card that sort of just keeps going up and up for me like it's not the build your own cursed minotaur that i once thought it was just because this format is full of uh some derpy creatures so that's the two in a red for the three three that uh can't block and if you control another pirate it has menace Siren Storm Tamer, really powerful one-drop, the one-mana, one-one flyer. That, that is so good. Can uh, You can make blue to sacrifice it to um, counter target spell or ability that targets uh, you or a creature you control. Uh, Fathom Fleet Firebrand, this is a super strong card, the one in a red, two-two, that has smoke breathing, and of course... <laughs> one with the wind and maybe we even want to add swashbuckling to this list. i think I swashbuckling
1: know. belongs in this list i Ugh. think blue red i think really really wants to try to is pretty hard because and i think a card that's missing off this list is mm-hmm. the thing that gives plus oh plus three and hexproof what's the name of that one
0: oh uh deep dive. Deep dive. I, I or dive, dive deep dive 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 down dive down sorry
1: i think that's like
0: really important to this deck if you're planning on going with the one with the winds and the plus two plus two and haze card yeah i mean dive down and siren storm tamer both sort of uh serve that same role of of protecting your creatures that you've gone all in on a bit
1: yeah and siren storm tamer is better obviously but dive down continues to go up and up and up for me in the format yeah uh what does red black look like red black also looks like a tempo aggro deck you get cheap aggressive creatures backed up by efficient removal and burn spells that can close out the game the top two commons in each one are both mm-hmm. removal spells. Uh, you've got Fathom Fleet Firebrand again. Tutu with Smoke Breathing. Uh, Lightning Rig Crew. That's the two in a red. 05, the pirate build around card that taps to ping your opponent. And when you cast a pirate spell, you can untap it. Uh, Wanted Scoundrels, the card I did not think was good that I have changed my tune on. Mm-hmm. card's so good. <laughs> so good. One and a black for the 4-3 that when it dies, uh, your opponent gets two treasure tokens. If you play turn 2-1 at Scoundrels and then suit it up with anything, your opponent's just never killing it every yeah. million years. Yeah. Dire Fleet Hoarder, uh, that's the ooh, the one and a black for the 2-1 that when it dies, you get a treasure token, I believe. Yeah, it's... Uh the camel again. It's Wretched Camel. Wretched Pirate. Yeah. Uh, the card's played out a little worse than I thought it was going to but I still think it's good. Kind of yeah. a bread and butter black
0: two drop pirate. I think it actually goes more in the blue black deck which we'll talk about in a second.
1: Yeah. Dead eye Tormentor. This card's been great in my red black pirates decks. Uh, two and a black for a 2-2. Two, two. This card's very high variance. Like when you're ahead and attacking it's one of the better cards you can cast I think on turn three and if you ever fall behind it's such a miserable card to have in your deck Mm -hmm. Um, and similarly along that note Stormfleet Pyromancer falls into that same category this has gone down for me I think it's out of my top three red comments I think you had it right at number four Mm -hmm. mostly because it's really bad when you're behind it's the four and a red for the three two with raid trigger of deal two damage to her creature or player when it enters the battlefield so if you don't have an attack casting this as a five mana three two is just awful yeah terrible but it's but when you cast it and you have an attack a lot of times it's really really good but i think it's an expensive enough and conditional enough that i i think i've got it out of my top three red commas now but still a strong card
0: yeah and there is sort of like have you seen the red black sacrifice deck come together
1: yeah i saw caleb durward post a picture of it on twitter like the second day of the format he's like is this good and it was like exactly what you would want in a red black sacrifice deck and it's not come together for me yet but I've, I've got my eye on it i just need an early an early makeshift munitions to move in that's the enchantment that has the one mana sac a creature or, or a artifact to ping something yeah um, i just keep seeing them in pack two and pack three i never see them in pack one hmm. uh, but as soon as i see one in pack one
0: i'm moving in great um, the third pirate deck, I think, uh, those blue-black, I think can combine the aggressive parts of the previous decks, but I think there's also a more grindy late-game treasure-based deck that takes advantage of Sailor of Means and Prosperous Pirates, uh, getting value out of Ruthless Knaves. So Sailor of Means is the uh, 2 and a blue for the 1-4 that makes a treasure, Prosperous Pirates is uh, 4 and a blue for the 3-4 that makes two treasures when it comes into play. Ruthless knave, Ruth 2.0 that we talked about earlier. That's the... <laughs> the th- I'm gonna, trying to get that to come through too. 3-2 uh, for the thing that can sack creatures to make treasure and then sacrifice treasures to draw cards. Deadeye Plunderers, which is the gold card, three blue-black for the three-three that gets plus one, plus one for each artifact you control, and then two blue-black to make a treasure. So that card sort of, if you can get to the late game, and then again, like, there's so few mana sinks in the format, and this is such a good one, so if you can get to a point where you can take advantage of it, it's really strong. Um, and then, because you have all of these treasures, if you actually have powerful cards, which there are few and far between of, but they do exist... If you have powerful cards worth splashing, the treasures really help you do that, and I think...
1: Yeah, and I think that's important to note, that you can splash off treasure. I don't know how explicit we've made that on the podcast, but that's definitely a thing that you can do.
0: Yeah, Um, so I think uh, the blue-black deck I've found to be more on the controlling side, but certainly can be an aggressive deck, of course. I've I've seen it be, like, super aggro, too, with it
1: has those colors both have one with the wind and mark of the vampire which are two of the like the highest variants like get your opponent dead cards in the set absolutely uh, and they and blue's got the ways to protect your creatures that you suit them up with so i've seen some pretty all-in one with the wind mark of the vampire decks too in blue black yeah maybe not even like not even pirate specific more like those enchantments specific
0: mm-hmm. uh, anything else you want to talk about with the three pirate decks
1: uh, I think there's a, a niche blue-black deck uh, that I've seen with favorable winds that's got blue-black fires. Uh, so there's the one-mana the one 1-1 one, one bat with flying in black. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got the 2-2 the flyer that drains Sky March Bloodletter, I think it is. Blue's got the one-mana, god, what's the name of it? Siren, Siren Storm Tamer. Yeah, yeah uh, it's got the Stormfleet Aerialist, the one in a blue with the raid trigger that gets the yeah. one counter. It's got the pirate that explores at common the two and a blue for a two three yep a one two flyer that can get a plus one plus one counter siren, so at siren com- lookout thank you yeah i'm a disaster no. <laughs> um but there's a lot of common and uncommon cheap flying creatures in blue and black and i i played against a very good deck that my opponent had that was blue black flyers with two one uh two favorable wins so i don't think it's going to come together that often but something to something to keep your eye out for if you see a
0: favorable wins. Wheeling around the table. Yeah. Uh, next up on the list, we've got White Black. So I sort of see like two separate decks under the White Black umbrella. One is obviously a Vampire Synergy deck. Uh, you've got Anointed Deacon. The pay- Vampire payoffs you have are Anointed Deacon, four and a black for the 3 3 gives a Vampire plus 2 plus 0 until end of turn uh, before your attack step. Bishop of the Bloodstained, that's 3 black, black for the 3-3 three three that has your opponent lose life equal to the number of vampires you control when it enters the battlefield. Duskborn Skymonster, that's the 1-1 one, one, uh, for 1 white mana that is flying and can pay 1 white mana to tap to give target attacking vampire plus 1 plus 1 until end of turn. Certainly if you could get Sanctum Seeker, which is Hellbiter, that's the rare, but you don't even really need it to make the deck good. And then you're just jamming as many cards that have creature type vampire on them into your deck as possible.
1: There's also another white black deck that's kind of a grindy value deck that takes takes advantage of life gain and inevitability i've drafted this one a couple times it's got pious interdiction as a headliner that's the white removal spell three and a white for the enchantment that gains you two life and it's a pacifism effect uh bishop soldier that card is insane yeah any deck not even in a vampire's deck uh one and a white for the two two life linking vampire um, Mark of the Vampire, plus two, plus two and Lifelink. We've already talked about a bunch. The card's great. Deathless Ancient, the four black black for the four, four flyers, just like a good finisher um, in a deck that can get to the late game. And if you can buy it back, excellent. Um, I had Grim Captain's Call in this deck because nice. I, I had dinosaurs, I had vampires and pirates. The only thing I was yeah. missing was Merfolk. So frequently I was able to get back three, three creature types with Grim Captain's Call. I think White Black, whether or not you're vampires, just the ability to gain life seems so strong in this format. And I think White Black's a really, really good deck. I totally agree. Um, What is Blue Green trying to do? Blue green is Merfolk, obviously first and foremost, but I think there's also a multicolor ramp deck that I'll I'll let you get into because you seem to you seem to have a, <laughs>
0: a soft spot for that deck. Yeah, I do soft spot with one twoing with that deck.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I think Merfolk is kind of the new blue red spells in my opinion. It's an aggro deck. It takes advantage of cheap evasive creatures and bounce. So you just pretty much want anything that says Merfolk on it. Spellshaper Apprentice. That's the one in a blue for the two one that gets flying if you have another Merfolk. Deeproot Warrior, that's one and a green for the 2-2 two, two, uh, that when it gets blocked, it gets plus one, plus one. Water Trap Weaver, that's two and a blue for the 2-2 two, two, that Frost Links is something. It taps it down. It doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. Jade Guardian, that's the hex-proof one for three and a green. That's a 2-2 two, two, that when it comes into play, you put a plus one, plus one counter on another Merfolk. River Herald's Boon is really the payoff if you can cut Merfolk card. That's one and a green for the instant that puts a plus one, plus one on count- target creature you control and a plus one, plus one counter on target Merfolk you control. Vine Shaper Mystic is disgusting in this deck. Yeah, Two and a green for the one, three that puts a plus one, plus one counter on two Merfolk. Kumena's Speaker is the one drop, one, one uh, that gets plus one, plus one if you control another Merfolk or an island. One with the wind goes in this deck. Uh, it's a huge way to push through damage and attackers river sneaks a good one that's the uncommon one on a blue for the one one that can't be blocked and gets plus one plus one if you cast into the merfolk uh, and tempest caller is the two blue blue merfolk that taps all your opponent's creatures so there's all it just takes advantage of a lot of tricks and bounce and interaction and i think this merfolk deck is pretty insane and the only thing that's keeping it in check in the format is the life gain from vampires uh yeah. that's like the only deck i don't want to see if i'm playing a good blue green merfolk deck uh, what's going on in the multicolor ramp deck
0: so I think the ramp deck takes, plays out similarly to what you might think of the blue-green ramp deck from, like, Hour Devastation or even Triple cat. It's going to take advantage of fixing and ramp from both colors, because blue, in this format, is almost better at fixing than green is. So first and foremost, you need ways to ramp and fix. So you've got New Horizons and Drover of the Mighty in green. You've got Sailor of Means and Prosperous Pirates and even Pirate's Prize, which is the four mana draw to... Uh, make a treasure. But for this deck to really sing, you need mana sinks, which there aren't many of in the format, so this is one of the reasons I like Thundering Spine back in this deck. Um, Waker of the Wilds is a great mana sink at rare, uh, and just like really things that are like something like Ruthless Knave or, or jamming a Grim Captain's Call in here to get that's a, a sort of mana sink and card advantage engine, but those yeah, sorts sh- of things. Shaper,
1: Shapers of Nature slots right in here too, the blue-green merfolk uncommon, even though it's not like a, oh, yeah, for like a sure, merfolk yes. deck, because that's a great mana sink for your blue-green ramp deck too.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And this deck, like a lot of the control decks that are going to have access to treasures or green mana in the format, is able to splash pretty easily. So, you know, there aren't a ton of rares that are worth, like, splashing, because there's not a ton of rares that are very powerful, but if you do get if you open a hostage taker easy to splash you open registrar alpha easy to splash you open burning sun's avatar not super easy to splash but you might try and jam it it anyway like that's the the sort of thing that i think this deck is trying to do
1: my opinion in this format is that hostage taker is more oppressive than glory bringer was in almond what's your opinion on that
0: I haven't played against it a lot, but when I have, it is really upsetting.
1: It's so disgusting. It's and it awful. can get blinked by the Siren's Ruse card and get bought back by March of the Drowned. It's just...
0: Ugh, yeah. That's awful. Alright. Next up, what do we have? Alright, so here we've got Black Green, which I think is uh, an Explore slash Value range deck. I think the power comes from minor Explore synergies. I don't think you're going all in on Explore, because it's just hard to do so. Uh, and incremental card advantage. So, the sort of two headliners for the Explore deck are going to be wild 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 Growth Walker and Lurking Chupacabra. Those are both uh, cards at Uncommon that get benefits from uh, you exploring. So Wild Growth Walker will get is the 1-3 that gets plus one plus plus 1, and you gain uh, 3 life when you explore. And Lurking Chupacabra is the 2-3 that when you explore, you can give a creature minus 2, minus 2 until end of turn. Um, you're looking for explore cards in both colors, but also you're in green, and you're in black, which has treasures, so you have the opportunity to splash other explore cards, so it's not crazy for you to have a Siren Lookout in the deck, or uh, maybe the Emissary in white that explores so if you're really wanting to go super all in on the explorer you can do that uh i think grim captain's call slots in here because black and green have access to i believe all four tribes and ruthless knave is nice as like a way to grind out card advantage sacrifice treasures draw cards that sorts of things um you get strong removal from both colors um with black's great common removal and savage stomp and pounce from green uh and even just the powerful uh big fatties in green like colossal Dreadmaw, i think go well in this deck
1: yeah one of of the problems i've had like with explore i've had this deck a couple times and for it to really be an explore deck you have to be playing kind of some of the mediocre explore cards because there's no way you're getting a critical mass of the good explore cards correct and then and then if your opponent kills your wild growth walker or your lurking trooper Cobra, you're just left with all of these medium explore cards. That happened to me one of the times I went, one of the times I had a light explorer synergy like you were talking about. One of the other times I went pretty hard. I had two wild growth walkers and one lurking cobra and I was like, all right, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna mm-hmm. do it. And it did not turn out that way. Like those cards just died. And then I was left with a bunch of medium explore cards. So
0: caution. On that's that. well, I think that that's why I don't think this is like the explore deck. That's why, I want, that's why I said it's minor explore synergies. I don't think you really want to go all in on it. Because if they do kill your wild growth walker, you don't want your deck to fall apart. Like right. you need to have ways to like continually to grind out the game. So I think Just think of it as a mid-range deck that has like this minor synergy upside in it rather than the other way around. Yeah, this next one. Have you drafted blue-white tempo? Because I have not. No, but I've gotten crushed by it. Have you? Yeah. Okay, so uh,
1: blue-white tempo aggro uh, has got a lot of evasive threats, um, and there's another blue-white deck that I'm pretty excited to try. I've not played blue-white at all yet in the format, and I'm really excited to try the second deck. Yeah. Um, So the aggro deck takes advantage of cheap evasive threats. Territorial Hammer Skull is one of the best commons in the set. That's two and a white for the 2-3 dinosaur that taps a target creature when it attacks. Mm -hmm. Um, It's got The blue bounce to play the tempo game, run aground, is the three and a blue for the instant that puts target creature on top of that player's library, so card parity there with that one. Depths of Desire is two and a blue, bounce a creature, make a treasure token. Perilous Voyage, that's the one and a blue uncommon that bounces something, and if it was converted mana cost two or less, you get a scry two. Water Trap Weaver is excellent. It's two and a blue for the 2-2 two, two Merfolk that taps something down and Frostlinks it. Bishop Soldier again, the 2-2 two, two Life Linking 2-drop. Raptor Companion hits really hard. That's one and a white for the 3-1 Dinosaur. Um, and then if you get some minor Dinosaur synergies from white, you can take advantage of Terradon Knight. That's three and a white for the 3-3 three, three Hill Giant that when you, when you control a Dinosaur, it gains flying. And Shining Aerosaur is, I believe, the four and a white for the 3-4 Flyer, I think. Yes, sir. And then the one with the wind, as it does in every blue deck, also shines here if you're trying to play the tempo game and get your yeah. opponent dead. Uh, and then there was a re- you you brought my attention to this. Uh, there was a really cool article by Nico Boney, I hope I, I hope I'm saying his last name right. B o h n y on Channel Fireball. Do you want to do you want to run us through that deck?
0: Yeah. So he posted this article that was like the best five decks in Exile Limited, and I was like. I'm curious to see what this is. And I just, like, scrolled through it. Like, wasn't, you know, it was like vam like, whatever. Vampires, then pirates, and blah, 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 red-green dinos. And then number one on his list was blue-white control. And that got my attention. And so he's got a really interesting uh, look on this format. And this deck looks legit. He posted a few screenshots of it and sort of ranked the, like, top ten cards you're looking at. But basically you're just taking advantage of the life gain from white And the big butt creatures in blue and blue's ability to have card advantage and to splash with treasures off of the cards we've been talking about, Sailor of Means and Prosperous Pirates, to be able to sort of create like a blue-white, potentially five-color control deck that splashes powerful cards. So, like, Pious Interdiction, we've talked about that, is the life gain pacifism. Ixlon's Binding is sort of the Oblivion Ring uh, for three and a white. Um, Inspiring Cleric is the two and a white for the three-two that gains you four life. Bishop Soldier, the two-two lifelinker. Uh, Slash of Talons he likes in this deck, which is actually a card that has gone up for me. Like, I'm not actually embarrassed to main deck one of these just because it's you often are able to kill a creature and you're uh, getting mana advantage off of it. So Slash of Talons is the, like unimpeccable timing uh, one white man <laughs> one white mana for the instant that deals two damage to target attacking or blocking creature so it's a really cool deck not something that I've really I've this article just came out a few days ago and I haven't had a chance to draft this deck I did on in my YouTube channel I like read this article and then immediately made a YouTube video and tried to like force this deck and I just ended up drafting a good blue white deck instead but I'm really on the lookout for this deck and it looks sweet and is maybe my, like, savior for getting out of this, like, God, is this format only aggressive decks funk that I feel like I'm in.
1: Yeah, the same guy wrote an article in our devastation that was a little out there, in my opinion, and this article, like, everything seemed to make sense to me and seemed really on point, uh, and I agreed with, like, all his top commons, all his overrated cards, all his underrated cards. Mm-hmm. So maybe I just like it because he was validating what I, what I already feel about <laughs> the format, but uh, and another thing that really caught my attention was that Ehe dude, uh one another streamer that like always crushes the competitive leagues on Magic Online. I was talking to him about the article um and just about the format and he said he thought this guy, Nico, he was friends with him uh and thinks he's one of the best in the world. Oh wow so like coming coming from him that's that's pretty pretty high praise, I think, because he drafts a ton and really that's a big seal of approval right there. Yeah. For for really sure. crushes things in the competitive leagues. Next up we've got White Green Dinosaur Ramp. I have not played this deck just because it looks not great to me, uh, but I think that the general idea of the deck is that you're going to ramp into some fatties uh, backed up by some removal in both colors and you could splash if you wanted to based off some of the green fixing. Mm -hmm. Drover the Mighty really shines here as it does in any dinosaur deck or any ramp deck. That's the one in the green for the 1-1 that can add one man of any color to your mana pool and gets plus two, plus two if you control a dinosaur. Uh, grazing Whiptail really holds down the fort for you. That's the two green, green for the three, four reach. Are you still high on that card?
0: I think I am not. I think it's got to be out of my top three. I think I got to put Deeper Warrior there right now.
1: Okay. Um, I was just curious about that because I'm still, I think it's fine, but I don't have it in my top three commons. Yeah. Bellowing Agosaur, uh my boy, uh, who <laughs> sadly is not my boy anymore. <laughs> I've He's abandoned. not your boy. No, I've I've looked at that card several times and just picked cheaper cards over it. Yeah. Five and a white for the three five with an rage trigger of plus one plus one counter to your whole team. Colossal Dreadmaw, the four green green for the six six trampler, uh Kinjali's Sun Collar. Is that the rare or is it no, that's, Is that the
0: common one drop? That's the common one drop. Yeah.
1: Oh, is it really is that really the name of it? It's just collar, right? Sun it's not sun collar, it's just Kinjali's collar. Is that right? Yeah, it's just collar. That's why I got thrown off. I think the sun collar is the rare two three flyer.
0: Alright, whatever. <laughs> I was doing this from memory, Ben.
1: I know, you're a boss. <laughs> so that's the one mana O three, 3 And I think
0: I was trying to figure
1: out, because that card seems like it should be good. Because Odepec Huntmaster is so good? Uh, Yeah. Well, and I was just trying to figure out why it wasn't good in the format. And I think, like, because Llanowar Elves is good, right? Like, uh-huh. and that card's like Llanowar Elves for a dinosaur deck. But I don't think you're really getting a critical mass of dinosaurs. And if you do, your deck's probably fairly clunky. Uh-huh. Or or if you're getting that many dinosaurs, you've got a lot of the cheap ones, in which case like it's not really ramping you that hard. And then the, the cards you're ramping to aren't like cube cards. Like that's why Land of War Elves is great in cube, right? Mm-hmm. Because like you're ramping into insanely powerful three, four and five drops. And in Ix- Ixalan, you're ramping into mediumly powerful, like three, four and five drops. And I don't think without card draw to make up for it, you can just afford to throw away a card to ramp you out to medium cards and expect to win in the
0: format. I hadn't really thought about this until just hearing you say what you just said is that if I think that the pillar, the two mana artifact at Uncommon that like can only, you choose a creature type and then you can only tap a data mana of any color to cast a creature of that type. If I think that's an F, then this is very similar to that, right? Because it's, well, it's just a one drop that's doing that for dinosaurs. And it's supposed to be able to block, but so many of the two drops, it right. can't block. It like can't. it can't block a Deep Root Warrior. It can't no. block a Fathom Fleet
1: Firebrand. No. Um, like all, all the best, two drops, it still can't really block. Um, yeah. And then commune, di- commune with Dinosaurs is as great in this deck as it is in every dinosaur deck, kind of a split land slash dinosaur card, so it helps keep you from flooding in those decks. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, this deck largely seems pretty clunky to me, and I have tried to steer away from it.
0: Yeah, I don't love this deck, but I think it exists, and I think it could be good, but... It exists, yeah, and I've played it a bunch, and I've beaten it a bunch. That's why I've stayed away from it. Yeah, It has not beaten me yet. Um, Red-white, I think, is generally going to be an aggressive shell that's going to leverage all the powerful, cheap creatures from both colors. So we've got Territorial Hammer Skull. I'm not going to repeat uh, the text of cards that we've talked about. So Territorial Hammer Skull, Fathom Fleet Firebrand, Bishop Soldier, Tillinoli's Knight, that's the one on red for the 2-2 two, two, that when it attacks, if you have a dino, it gets plus plus 1, so potentially a 2-mana 3-3 three, three attacking. Charging Monstrosaur... Thundermaw Dino Kite. Uh, it's a 4 and a red for the 5-5 five five Trample Haste. Adanto's Vanguard. This is the two 1 and a white for the 1-1. One one. When it attacks, gets plus 2 plus 0 and you can pay 4 life to make it indestructible until end of turn. Emissary of Sunrise is the 2 and a white for the 2-1 First Strike Explore. Raptor Companion. That's the 3-1. Thrash of Raptors. That's the hill giant that uh, gets plus 2 plus 0 and Trample if you control another dinosaur. I mean, All of these cards are just so absurdly aggressive and over like cheap for their cost in terms of what they're offering you and then sky terror is the red white two-two flying menace uh uncommon and that sort of should just give you a clue of what red white is trying to do just like evasive aggressive tap down your stuff with the hammer skulls maybe finish you off with an unfriendly fire get you dead fast
1: yeah, I've played with this deck like three or three times, I think. Three times in a row, actually. Like, it was the only thing open in my seat, and it was very good every time. I 2-1 with it every time, and I had a good deck, a good version of it every time, and I was in the finals two of the three times, I think, uh, yeah. and I just, you know, got a little unlucky, but I think this deck is, is very powerful. Super consistent. Yeah. Uh, last, we've got Red Green here, which is mid-range Stompy Dinosaurs. Uh, you ramp into some of the biggest threats the format's got to offer. Drover the Mighty, Odepec Huntmaster, that's one we haven't talked about yet, uh, which is the white-red one-two human shaman or something like that. You said white-red. I think it's just one and a red. Oh, one and a red. That's what I meant. Yeah, I misspoke. Makes all your dinosaurs cost one less, and you can tap to give a dinosaur haste. Uh, If you power out a thrash of raptors with another dinosaur on the battlefield and give it haste, that's like some seriously big game. Uh, Yeah. hits hard raging sword tooth that's the red green gold uncommon three red green for the five five trampler that uh, pings all creatures on the battlefield including yours so triggers your enrage stuff kills your opponent's x-ones kills your x-ones triggers your opponent's enrage Triggers your opponents in rage. Yeah, Colossal Dreadmaw, the 6-6, six, six, uh, Bonnet Horncrest, three in a red for the 5-5 five, five that can't attack or block alone. How good do you think that card is? Do you still think it's pretty good?
0: I think a card is super strong, and I side it out aggressively against decks that I, Like, if I'm playing against a deck that has Territorial Hammer Skull, that card's coming out. Right. Like, if I feel like I'm going to be on... Especially if I think I'm on the draw, or maybe I think that I am not the beatdown in the matchup, then I take it out. Um, I had it at my deck in the GP, and I sided it out often. But it's really strong, I think, in-game one
1: yeah uh, and then charging monster sword thundering spine back and i think new horizons really excels here the two and a green enchantment uh that lets you ramp uh, for Mm -hmm. two mana and puts a plus one plus one counter on something if you go two drop into new horizons pump your two drop, and obviously this is the dream curve but i've done it several times and it's really powerful two drop new horizons put a plus one plus one counter on your two drop and then turn four you're casting one of the five drop dinosaurs like it's it's really strong
0: yeah, and it's just like, the, the cards that this deck has to offer are the biggest things in the format, and they're larger by, like, a significant amount. Like, other people are like, I'm playing a 5-mana 3-4 in blue, and you're like, I have a 5-5 five, five Trample Haste for 5-mana. It's just like, y- your things match up, your opponent's stuff does not match up against your cards. Nope. Yeah.
1: Alright, I think that's a good place to wrap up our, our color pairs. Any other thoughts you've got? Ben, teach me how to be good at this format man i can't we've both been struggling help. help me uh i think you need to play one with the wind mark of the vampire and whatever the other one's called the plus two plus two
0: swashbuckling haste.
1: swashbuckling you need to play those cards and you need to play ways to protect your creatures and you need to play bad one and two drops
0: <laughs> uh ben i have a question <laughs> or you.
1: or you need to have vampires open in your seat
0: yeah i guess that's true
1: i've been trying to vat vampires all week and i
0: it's not been open what's your question do you know what a pirate's favorite letter is
1: uh not r like you would think but the pirates love the sea there it is
0: uh i love that joke so much
1: i just i would have gotten that joke wrong but uh scalding hot soup just typed that into chat that i was watching the other night i think it was jamie topple's chat
0: i thought you were about to say just type that into chat just now like you were, <laughs> no. you're double queuing right now
1: <laughs> no i'm not double queued Next week, uh, we've got a pretty exciting episode planned. We've got we're doing a crossover with the with another podcast, Men from Moto. That is Semulin. That's Travis Sowers, uh, and he does a lot of sealed stuff. And David Seville. Um, so they've got a podcast where they talk about all things magic online. Um, so I think the plan is for Travis to come on to our show and I'm going to host him here on Lords of Limited. And so we're going to do a sealed episode. So if you've got any sealed questions for Travis, or if you've just got questions about how he approaches magic in general or cats, I know Travis loves his cats. (laughs) Um, if you got any cat trivia to try to stump Travis, (laughs) um, send, send it our way. And maybe we can do that at the end of the episode. Um, and then you're going to be on
0: Men From Moto. Yeah, so I'll be uh, talking all things Draft over there with Dave. I'm super excited about that. But I just really realized I've been really excited about we've been sitting on this crossover episode for a bit, but I just realized I'm not going to get to hang out with you next week. That's a bummer. That is a kind of we'll a bummer. We'll have to find a time to stream. Ooh, oh, I know what we should do. You sh- we should make a YouTube video together. We should absolutely make a YouTube video together. There we go. All right. Let's do it.
1: Done. All right. And thanks, as always, to Salty Pretzels for our intro and outro music. Make sure you give it a listen.
0: Total Gasoline. Uh, people can get in touch with us, we already said this a little bit, so be sure to post your achievement unlocked pictures on Twitter for us. We are each at, on Twitter at, I am at Lord Tupperware, Ben is at Mr. Metronome, each of us stream on Twitch at those respective names. I have a YouTube channel, I think I'm like a few subscribers away from being able to get a URL that I can say on this channel that'll be like youtube.com slash lord tupperware or something um so i think i need to get to 100 subscribers and i'm at like 96 so if you have I, got, all... I, I gotta go subscribe i'm a pleb you're a pleb you are a pleb you have subscribed, subscribed? <laughs> oh my god yeah so if all you're right. like
1: me and you're worthless you should go you should go support lord tupperware and so subscribe, subscribe right subscribed. now
0: it's Just it's no no cost to you go subscribe to my youtube channel uh links to those videos can be found either on my twitch page or on my twitter page
1: uh, if you've got any feedback about the show or questions, or if you don't do the Twittering, uh, and you want to send us pictures for the, uh, XLN treasure hunt, you can email
0: us at lords at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. And I won't, but Ben and Travis will catch you next week for another episode of Lords of limited. Yep. Thanks everybody. See you later.